Would the American people be better off, freer, happier, if we return to the most of the simplest principles and values of early America in the Falling Fathers? That is the question or the debate that we're going to have today on Neurological Deep Dive. Welcome to the podcast today. It's going to be an interesting show. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy what you're listening to. And this is your host, Farrah Fawns, and we're going to get real deep with the Gospel Hour with Dawn. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show, folks. So, debate the procedures will go as follows. One minute or less. Introduce yourself, Dawn. Okay, my name is Dawn Violet, and I consider myself to be a committed, Bible-believing Christian and a believer in the Constitution of the, of the United States, and also I would consider myself to be a conservative. I was married in 1986 to my one and only wife, and I have five children, and I am today 63 years old. All right, thank you. And we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Andrew Williams. Um, I'm 25, I'm a college dropout. I am a progressive liberal. Um, I would like to believe that I'm more progressive than most people. Um, although I don't align with uh, the leftist community ideology, I still consider myself left-leaning. Um, I work average job and um i'm engaged to my fiance and uh yeah i'm pretty young and looking to get into this outstanding and just because you brought her with you would you like to introduce yourself and that's that's an affirmative no (laughs) not at all thank you very much okay so thank you gentlemen for showing up and coming and participating in this uh want to call it experiment or debate yeah, I, I hope you grow from this as an audience. So, opening arguments. Okay, so I get seven minutes, I believe, right? Yes, you do. Okay, now the question is, what, uh, or would we be happier and freer today if we'd adopt the values of early America? And I say a definite yes. And these are some of the reasons. In America today, our governments federal, state, and sometimes local, they exist more for themselves than for the people. And this was not the case 100 years ago or even 200 years ago. Now, God made people first, and then he instituted government. So the government exists for the good of the people, not the people for the good of government. So the main purpose of government, civil government, that is, is to protect the people in their individual God-given rights. That's one reason why I believe um, we're not as free today. Number two, uh, today the courts and societal norms do not recognize the God-given rights of fathers and husbands as in the 1940s or before that time. This has caused divorce, broken homes, and it has caused fatherless homes. Children today lack much guidance and protection 
which was not the case 60 or 160 years ago. Number three, today laborers keep much less of what they earn due to excessive taxation and the devaluing of our currency. On average, uh, I heard it's about 30% of our personal earnings goes to the government. So people used to keep more of their earnings before 1913 when the Federal Reserve was, was uh, put into place. Number four, temptations to harm oneself and to harm others. In other words, temptations to sin are far more prevalent today than they were in the 1960s. Television has gotten raunchier. Having access to the internet or smartphones is more dangerous, in my opinion, and more harmful than for a 14-year-old boy to carry a loaded pistol. That's my opinion. Internet is dangerous because of the potential for misuse of it. And smartphones, too, dangerous for that reason. Number five, small and independent farms are almost non-existent today. In early America, family farms were far more plentiful, and this made people more free and less controlled by government officials. Just recently, about two, uh, two months ago, Amos Miller in Pennsylvania had his farm raided by the feds. He sells raw milk or pure milk, and he sells meat that's uncontaminated by citric acid and bleach. But he was told by the feds to stop farming or pay and or pay $300,000 in fines. So the New World Order chieftains control the food now more than they did 100 years ago. Number six, small businesses are rarer and more powerless today than 50 years ago. Since the COVID-19 outbreak, many small businesses folded. Big oppressive businesses that link up with big oppressive government is called fascism. And there's one company I know of that will follow the guidelines of the CDC in case of another epidemic. And um, according to the Constitution, the CDC has no lawmaking law authority. Only the legislature or Congress has lawmaking authority. Number seven, streets are much less safe today than when I was a kid in northern Maine growing up in the 1970s. Our parents would allow, allow us to go play outside after dark because there was no, no real danger. Uh, we rarely locked our doors at night or if we left home. Why so much crime today? I believe because the fear of God is lacking and the knowledge of God is lacking. And I believe selfishness is being promoted in countless ways through the media and entertainment industry and so forth. Crimes are not being identified as they used to be and they're not being punished as they, as they should. And the re one reason why is because they've done away with corporal punishment, which is bodily punishment like whippings and spankings. And they've also done away with capital punishment. And I believe these are big deterrents to crime, small crimes and big crimes. Number eight, suicide, depression, anxiety is more common today than in the past when psychotropic drugs were less common. In the olden days, people tended to turn to God and the Bible for help for their souls. When King David of Israel was in distress, he turned to God and he said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me and the lifter up of my head. And, and then he says, the Lord sustained me. Who knows more about the well-being of the human soul than the one who formed it? And that's where David turned to when he had problems. 
he turned to God, and he was the lifter up of his head. It speaks of being uh, delivered from depression. Number nine, far more people today are addicted to alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, smartphones, tobacco, and food, you could call it gluttony, than they were when the Bible and prayer was allowed in public schools prior to 1961. Number 10, judicial tyranny is far more common today than 60 years ago. And uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Judicial tyranny is far more common today. So my time's up, right? That sound indicates time's up. Thank you for that opening statement. Now. Okay, so I don't think that my opening statement is going to be as long and lengthy as uh, Don's. Um, I have three things that I want to tackle uh, primarily in this whole subject, which I'm hoping will also tackle the main points of what Don is wanting to tackle. Um, the first thing is, is that I want this, I've been looking forward to this debate due to the fact that it is polar opposites having an actual discussion, which is hard nowadays because it seems as though um, that part of the freedom is being kind of like lost in our generation of the freedom of speech uh, due to entangling of ideas and debating over um, what is the best course of action to how we move our society and progress as a society. Um, the second point is going to be um, about the happiness factor of our society compared to back then, uh, you know, early 1900s and further back. Um, I think that us dropping a lot of certain values that were back then um, and upholding newer values have led us to become a far more happier society. Granted, there are going to be times of turmoil, such as war, famine, um, natural disasters, um, and also political occupations that can lead to assassinations or whatever crazy stuff that happens in the world. That ha will happen throughout all time. Uh, the third thing that I'm going to focus on is uh, the freedom aspect. I think we are more free today than we've ever been in um, history. Um, whether it comes to uh, gay people being able to live their lives how they feel like, uh, people wanting to transition to a different gender, um, to anybody want, that's to anybody that's able to pick up a certain job that they feel like, you know, going into the military, they can go to this certain job. Um, there's even job in pornography. There's uh, draw, there's there's a wide variety of opportunities out there for people when it comes to America. Um, so keeping into the context of that, I think that's pretty much my points. I think I'm gonna tackle Don's points once we get into the rebuttal phases and um, see what his thoughts are on my opening statement. If you want a rebuttal now. I mean, would, would that be okay? Yeah. I mean, we can go ahead and give yeah. you the chimes you just to help for the heck's sake, but you got plenty of time left over. Use your time to but, put a button. Okay. Yeah. Um, if anything, uh, I'll keep kind of short summaries, um, short bits to still keep into the time frame. Uh, government does not work for the people kind of uh, scenario that you were explaining about how um, used to back in the day, the government was for the people, founded by the people. I still believe that is the same as today. I think the problem is is that whenever 
a society gets to a certain point of the mass amount of numbers of, of the population, we have so many differing opinions and different values uh, from a Muslim to uh, someone who's Jewish to your liberal gay person to uh, a conservative uh, Republican. Like the wide variety of the values are going to differ and intertangle. So they're going to want to vote in the ideas of what politicians they want to elect into those seats. So most of the time you're going to get a bunch of politicians who don't agree with each other, who don't want to work with each other, who end up having to work to each, with each other and so on and so forth. Um, uh, another thing with the core and societal norms, I think that's a good thing that we dropped a good amount of societal norms. Um, but the court, court aspect, I think that um, we're kind of trying to move to more of a society of rehabilitation rather than just punishing the criminals. I don't think it was ever a good idea to just punish and just cast that person out of society. So that way they, whenever they do finally get the opportunity to come back, they don't know how to cooperate in society, which leads them back into this endless cycle of going back to jail. I remember an example, it might be anecdotal. Um, I read it, um, it was in the news back in Florida, local news. There was a guy, he's uh, 70 years old, got out of prison and he just went and robbed a store because he didn't know how to survive in the outside world. Um, besides that, the court is going to have sentences based on the actions of uh, whatever the crime was committed and also based upon the gender, based on how often those people are reported in. Um, the devaluing of currency, that's going to be a given due to the factor of uh, the more currency printed, the more value it's going to go down and it's going to continuously go down because the population is going to get bigger and people are going to want more money to appeal towards living values and standards, which then I, I can, I know you're most likely going to state something along the lines that people's living values and standards are way too high and they need to downvalue that. And I will most likely agree on that point because then we don't got to worry about the inflation being so hard of people wanting like $15 minimum wage and stuff like that. Um, the other thing is going to be temptations of sin um, and the electronics. I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think it's run amok with the internet and everything. Um, that's why I'm for a idea of a constitution bill towards uh, how we limit the access of the internet, but still keep it free to the people to voice their ideas and opinions on it. Um, just mainly to crack down on like pornography or uh, a lot of the legal matters that happen online and stuff like that. And the idea of sin, I think it's okay. I think the idea that if you want to go buy a beer, you want to go smoke a joint, you want to go buy a cigarette, it's up to you. If you're of age um, and it's legal in your state, go for it. It doesn't bother me. Um, farms going down in numbers, that's a given. Uh, yeah, I think I'll tackle the rest after. Thank you. All right. The next four minutes goes to Dawn. Dawn, have at it. Uh, Andrew, I agree with that first point you made, uh, polar opposites, a lot of people that differ can't sit down and talk anymore, and that's not good, so I agree with you, we, we definitely need to have freedom of speech. Um, you talked about happiness, people are just as happy today as they were then. Um, I, I have to differ with that. Now, I, I wrote this down. I believe it's a fact of life that immoral and free can never be. Um, that has to do with happiness too, freedom and happiness. It's also true that immoral and happy can never be. And in the Bible it says, he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It's, so if we keep God's law, 
it's going to tend to make us happy because we're living by good rules. But not only that, it's going to help others who live near us or with us to be happier too. Like, for instance, the law of God that says thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, that is good for, for the man and the woman. And when, if there's no adultery being committed, that's going to help produce a better relationship between, uh, in, in a married uh, situation if people are married. And uh, I think of a train. Uh, when I think of freedom, I think of the train. A train, a train car, is most free to accomplish its purpose when confined to the railroad track. And people are most free and happy when confined to the moral law, especially when the, the restraint is self-imposed. The most proper and favorable freedom is a state of being entirely subject to moral law. And I believe that'll make us free, but that'll also make us happy. Obeying our feelings, if contrary to God's law, will only bring enslavement. Beneficial freedom means liberty and ability to do what I ought to do, not necessarily what I want to do. So freedom means having the right and the liberty and the ease to fulfill one's own purpose in life. So I believe the most valuable kind of freedom is the freedom to follow the dictates of one's conscience or the dictates of Almighty God. And when the Bible was made use of in our homes and in churches and in schools about a hundred years ago, Americans were more obedient to moral law. That is, they existed, coexisted uh, better. There was less crime. People had a conscience, an active conscience. And people were freer to fulfill their God-given purpose. And they were more able and uh, able to use the land that they owned, whereas today it's been more difficult. And they were more able to secure uh, healthy family relationships. So I believe happiness comes from having good relationships. I'll end right there. Um, and with that, we will go back to you one more time and it'll be closing arguments. Um, no. After this. We'll have another time to rebut. Right. Yeah. That's what I said. Okay. Um we love Jim Ripper. And then I go. Right. And then close. I'm gonna edit this out. <laughs> Just leave it. <laughs> it adds to it. Um okay, so there there was a actually there's some good points that I, I feel like I gotta agree with you with. Um you you had mentioned that at a certain part of like the idea of doing stuff that you don't more like want to do but you have to do it um i i started to learn that at a later age i would say about 23 24 once i got in a relationship with my fiance um that i started to like crack down more of i need to go to work even if i'm sick if i got a migraine i fight through it if i got any problems i got these i got this thing this dream this idea this value i want to achieve i think you can still have that in modern day society compared to uh, back then also. I think that um, that's more of an issue on parenting. I think that parents never, because I was never even raised that aspect. I was never pushed to have to deal with stuff that made me uncomfortable. I think a lot of parents coming into, uh, not the baby boomers, but like the millennials, the ones right before the millennials, I forget what generation that is, 
they they coddled a lot of the children or they didn't give them any attention whatsoever so these children were lacking it um and that led to millennials and gen z to be severely messed up um and, but i think that we can still bring those core values back i don't think that that we don't i don't think that has to pertain to religion um i think that just has to be a society core value that we need to focus on um religious and law of adultery i already know um, we, we talked about adultery beforehand about the sinning of the death penalty. Um, I think at, due to us having laws on adultery already in the books is good enough. I don't think we need to revert back to the older style of the laws of how we handled adultery. I think, you know, bringing them up to a divorce and if they were the ones who committed adultery, then most likely they're going to end up having to pay out more towards the, the person who's wanting the divorce. I think that just seems reasonable enough. Um, I did like the train analogy. I don't think that we need religion uh, to pull core values. I think that's the beauty about, I think, I would have to say about America and our constitution. Now, granted, you would differ on what the freedom of religion is. I would say that freedom of religion is that anybody can practice freedom of religion. I believe that the mul there's multiple core values amongst all different types of religions that are very similar in common that can lead to, uh, you know, them going through and building good lives, you know, whether if it's traditional or non-traditional, like a gay couple raising a kid. I, I don't, they can still practice these core values that are brought forth from religion. I think um, there was a streamer I watched one time, he gave this um, good thing about, um, we did a, we, we learned to deconstruct religion, but the bad thing about that was, was that when we deconstructed it, we didn't take the good parts of religion to build something new. We just deconstructed it and we just left it be. And I think that led to the reason why we have so much more sin today is because we're like, well, we don't have to believe in a hell or heaven, so where's the worry at if I go and smoke or where's the worry at if I go and cuss someone out or be mean to someone or be, or you know, whatever. But we have those laws in place to withhold that. So that's what matters more. And what we need to do is enforce it a little bit. And like you said earlier about the government, not work for the people, we need to just start pushing people to vote more and just see what happens. My turn. Okay, so you said something and I forgot what it was and I agreed with you, but... I forget what it was. Was it the, um, um, anyway, let me talk about the punishment. I think you said we should, we kind of rehabilitate more yeah. rather than punish. Wow. That whether we like it or not, pain is the best teacher in the world. I don't think there's anything better than pain as far as teaching. And proof of it is you will touch a hot stove on purpose only once in your life. You put your, you know, it's a real good thing. And, and so, <laughs> so um, the Bible uh, teaches uh, to spare the rod. If you spare the rod, you're going to spoil the child. Well, the rod is designed to give force to the law because we cannot be happy if we ignore moral law. So you want to encourage people to stick to moral law, to obey moral law. That's how they will be happy individually, and they will make others happy around them when we keep moral law. Well, a law is defined in this way. It is a rule of action with sanctions. 
And a sanction is a penalty. And that penalty, if there's no penalty to enforce the law, then you really don't have law. You got advice, you got counsel, you got a suggestion. Well, God gave us 10 commandments, they weren't 10 suggestions. And he backs up those laws with a penalty. In order, and that penalty is what gives force to the law. And that's why, that's why uh, most of us are pretty good driving on the, on the car, because uh, while we drive car, we, we kind of hate to bump the car that's coming toward us, uh, because we don't like pain. It would be very painful to, to hit the car that's coming up. So we respect the rules of the road. Um, so I would say, uh, and, and by the way, uh, capital punishment and corporal punishment is a great deterrent. That's all I, I would leave it at that. Now you mentioned freedom of religion. Um, God does not give us freedom of religion. That is clear. God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what God says. However, the government of the United States, they cannot interfere in this area. They have to protect people's freedom to worship the true God as they see fit. So the government has to protect freedom. Uh, they're bound to it. But I am not a government employee, and I, I don't have to bound. I'm not bound to that. I am bound to God's law. God says to worship him and him alone. So, and there's only one God, and there's only one, uh, one faith, the Bible says. And so it's true religion that I, I believe that uh, I need to follow if I want to be happy in this life and in the next. So that's just, uh, I just want to re respond to that. And I forget other points you made, but uh, you made some good points, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's no, hard. <laughs> it's hard to remember. Um, okay. Okay, so um, I understand that um, your core value and idea of seeing that um, free religion based on the Constitution is the freedom to be uh, worship God, God Himself, the Jew, or the uh, Christian God. Um, my aspect is is that I would also believe that in the Constitution, as we amend, and not even just by just amending. I think that interpretation is something that is always changing and will always be changing. And I believe that even then, now, I don't know. I wasn't back there back then, but it just feels like that sentence is clearly just stating the freedom of religion. Um, if not, we would have kicked out um, whenever the, uh, any of the, or not Mexicans. Um, and when any of the Chinese came in, we would have kicked them out uh, who didn't uh, appease to the Christian ideology. Um, same thing with any of the African Americans at the time. Um, then also like uh, the Irish who were possibly Celtic to some degree or wor worshiping some pagan religion, we would have kicked them out based on that if that was the case, or at least in my thought process it would be. Um, besides that, I don't think we need religion to have morals. Um, I think they're good factors to pull morals from just like movies, just like books, just like parents' teachings. Um, like I have explained to you in the past, I had developed my morals based upon what I picked and choose from where I thought was good ideas or not, uh, whether if it was from the Bible, some of the morals I enjoyed, 
um, whether it was stuff that my parents taught me at a time or whether it was things I picked up from friends, I just kind of like conglomerated it all together to what appeased my happiness and what can bring forth happiness around me. Um, so I, I, I'm not disvaluing religion as a whole. I think it's good. I just don't think that in this modern day that you have to abide by a religious text or religious idea to gain forth that happiness um, that was brought back during the olden days. And I don't think you need to adhere to those old values because it seems to me that a gay couple who's raising a kid seem just as happy as the straight heterosexual traditional couple are raising a kid. Um, same thing with anybody who's different in any way of capability, whether if it's sex, religion, uh, gender, they seem just as happy if they get to conform to the, um, not idea, um, the way they represent it to society. They, they have freedom of expression. That's, that's what it is. The freedom of expression seems to be what is upholding a lot of the happiness in modern day society, which we did not have in the past. In the past, if you freely expressed yourself, you could be either be cast out of your own town or city or get stoned to death or uh, anything else ostracized or just treated wrongfully just based on the color of your skin, your religion, or uh, gender or sex. Um, I want to tackle some of your early stuff you had brought up about the courts and everything, or at least mental, uh, I'll tackle just one thing, mental illness. I can agree with you there, um, but I don't think that's the case. I think the case is that when medical and science becomes more revolutionary, we're going to pick up more of this stuff, more recordings and stuff like that. That's just going to be how it is. Uh, same thing with crimes. The reason why more crimes happen is there's more people in the population. We're going to pick up more times. I don't think the streets were any less dangerous. If you went to Chicago in the streets during your time period, it may have been a lot worse compared to the streets that you were living in. Maybe not that specific street you lived on was um bad, but yeah. Um, that's my piece. Okay, I think we each have one more time, correct? Okay. Um, okay, you said that people don't need religion in order to have good values. Well, I, I would have to differ uh, because um, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge, and but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it also says by the fear of the Lord, men depend depart from evil. So the fear of God motivates people to do right and to keep his law because god does command us it's not a suggestion he commands us to love him with all our heart soul and mind and uh, with all our understanding and then it also says love thy neighbor as thyself now that's a command so i am to choose to promote the well-being of my fellow man as i would choose to promote my own well-being and the fear of god and not only the fear of God, but love for God inspires people to do that. Um, so I, I do believe pure religion does encourage true morality, uh, not false morality. Um, uh, freedom of expression, that's really not in the Constitution. It's freedom of speech, and none of us have the right before God to express ourselves any way we want. For instance, I can't lie, and I can't, I can't say a man is a woman, or a woman is a man, uh, you know, that's, I, I mean, that's, uh, they can say it, but that is not true. 
And so God does not want us to lie or to speak something that's contrary to reality. And reality does exist. And, and you also mentioned something that uh, the Constitution, kind of like uh, we should kind of maybe interpret it a little differently, bend it, so to speak, make it fit our culture. Well, um, words have meaning. If we don't hold to the strict, literal meaning of the Constitution, then we have no Constitution. Because just to break it in one point, you're really annihilating the whole document. So it's either we stick to everything to the T or we ignore it. And um, so we can't be picking and choosing what is written there. And our job is to find out what did they mean when they said freedom of speech. They never said you got the freedom to lie. Like CNN has no right to, to lie to the people when they tell the news. And so Fox and anybody else, nobody has the right to lie. Um, so I don't believe that is protected under the free speech clause. Free speech is, is, is protected, not freedom to lie or deceive people or hurt people because the Constitution does not allow for that. Here's a verse in the Bible. It says that the truth is, is eternal. Um, it says the, right, the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. There's another place that says, Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. And there's other places, there's a few other places where it talks about the importance of uh, sticking to truth. Um, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. In other words, it's factual. Now, I want to quote a verse here. You, you mentioned the gay rights and, and, and that, that uh, topic. Well, see, my duty as a Christian is to love my fellow man. Well, the Bible says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, uh, nor uh, abusers of themselves with mankind. That would be homosexual activity nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says, and such were some of you. So these people were living like that, but they changed because it says, and such were some of you, past tense. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So it's possible to change behavior. And I firmly believe that all kinds of uh, sexual perversion is chosen behavior. Um, and, and behavior can always be changed. Maybe feelings can't, but behavior can. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I can agree with you. I think behaviors can change. Um, but I don't think that's a good enough reason because I think that even if you can change your behaviors, I don't think that leads to the person to be more happier. Um, I think that leads to them being more depressed about it. Um, I think uh, here's an example of what they do for um, uh, people who have pedophilic tendencies who've never committed a crime. Uh, there's a type of medication that they will give them that kills their libido completely. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that curves that behavior. They don't have that sexual urge anymore. They don't have a sex drive. So they're living every day, normal every day. But the problem is, is that are they as happy as they can be? No. Because that. But the one thing I do have to say is 
when it comes to this type of issue, it is a major issue that we do need to focus on because that is a matter that isn't a good thing. You see what I mean? Like, even though we can curb that behavior, we need to find another way to still make that people happy. It'd be like if we gave um, gay people that same drug to kill their libido. Well, we killed their libido. Are they happy that they're not able to live the life they want? Now, granted, I shouldn't have used the uh, pedophile as a, uh, a example there, but that's who primarily gets the medication to help prevent them from committing any of those acts, which is a good thing because they would most likely end up in jail, get raped possibly or killed or murdered, um, usual case. And also a child will be also harmed in the, in the process, which we don't want. Um, but my thing is, is that it's still a work in progress in what we're trying to do to help these people, to help uh, uh, pedophiles. I think at this point in time, we've accepted that gay people can be just gay because they're of age adults consenting. That's no problem. The only problem would come into the pedophile incidents, we would have to figure out a way to actually help them to somehow change that sexual tendency, uh, which would be the best for society. Um, but what I was getting at mainly is that the that changing a behavior doesn't always make a person happy. It may be better for society in some ways, but there's pros and cons to everything. I don't think it's just black and white. Um, other things you focused on was about... Uh, the Bible centers go to hell, you know, the gay people or the troglodytes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's um, that's going to be a given. Um, the other thing that you can fear is death. I mean, people fear having a drug overdose and dying. Uh, people fear uh, getting drunk and intoxicated to the point that uh, they don't wake up the next morning. Uh, people fear that they might get cancer and die. Um, I think death is an ultimate fear that you can be scared of more than uh, just knowing where you're going to go afterwards and also the pain that can come with dying um, <clears throat> So I that's why I feel like people should be able to live their life how they feel free to kind of very libertarian but um granted don't let take my words as uh, a Pro pedo or anything in that manner right. um, Those people should not go forward with that uh, for that kind of act um when it came to the freedom of speech, um, we do have laws for that, uh, for when companies lie. Usually if a news broadcast or a article gets wrote, um, if it turns out that it was mis or there's misinformation there or if it was straight out lying, uh, usually they take it back and re-edit it and then repost it. But the thing is, is that at the very bottom of it, usually it's just going to say edited on another day, that it was re-edited. Um, so everybody's going to not go back to the page and reread over it. They're just going to take it based on the first time that they got the information wrong or the values wrong. And then they don't, most of the time people don't notice when it gets re-edited, basically. Uh, that's one thing that comes in the factor, because usually news does get stuff wrong, but they usually get it right afterwards. Um, and I, I, do, I do think also the Bible can give good values on truth. Um, I think also just... Telling the truth just ends up making everybody happier. You can even see it in movies or books, how it pleases a lot more people than it does uh, causing harm. Okay. Guys, that was very in-depth. Um, 
for this juncture, we're, we're going to do closing arguments. And then I have a few questions that um, maybe not so much as that I would like to have an input, but more so to find answers on my own behalf. So closing arguments. Let's have at it. Me first? Okay. Yes, sir, you would go first. Um, William Penn said this, a society that will not be ruled by God shall be ruled by tyrants. And what's happening is our government is displacing God. Um, people are not turning to God like they used to, so people are trusting more the government. And... Uh, trusting entities that are are not really um, good good for us necessarily so liberty uh, we've talked we want to talk about liberty liberty is found somewhere between licentiousness and tyranny it's found somewhere between lawlessness and too much law both are bad so we want to strike the best balance now how do we get the balance I believe it's by listening to the one supreme being who is infinitely wise and benevolent. He cares about us more than anyone else, and he has written his words. They're found in the Bible, and he's given us laws to live by. And when we follow his laws, that is the best way to avoid both extremes, whether it be lawlessness or too much law, because both are bad. So God gives the right balance in his law, in, his, in, in the Bible. But not only that, we can find the right balance even by looking to natural law. And natural law is just that law that is discoverable by reason. So I, I believe um, America was more free uh, in the early days because uh, the Bible was allowed in schools. Uh, churches were stronger. Um, the uh, conspiracies were not as pronounced in those days, in the early days of America, as they are now. And I do believe there is a vast conspiracy designed to bring about a new world order. And the way they do it is they've got four enemies. Their enemies are God, Jesus Christ, the moral law, and faithful Christians. I believe the new world order uh, elitists have those four enemies. Now, if you're gonna win a war and you wanna get people on your side, you gotta have a common enemy. So that's what is uniting people right now. There is a common enemy. And that common enemy is the true Lord God, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the true God, true morality, and pure Christianity. And I believe all those right now are being uh, attacked. Uh, um, and I, I believe that is what is uniting people. Like the gay rights thing. Um, a lot of people think it's okay. But um, because they've got a problem with God's law. And uh, speaking of gay rights, I, I'm thinking of the rainbow. Now, I was reading this morning, the rainbow which God puts in the sky after a rainstorm is a token. It's a symbol. And it's a reminder to God himself that he will keep his promise 
that he will never destroy the whole earth again with a worldwide flood. He did that. So just remember, the rainbow is a reminder that God exists. It's a reminder that there was a worldwide flood. And it's a reminder that God keeps his promises. And that rainbow was not put in the sky by homosexuals, the LGBT crowd. It was put in the, in the sky by God. And so that's, that's who we've got to listen to. I want to thank you for listening. And Andrew, you were a good debater. Do I get to get a point? Oh, okay. Um, uh, I just wanted to still tackle that um, after just thinking about it a little more. Um, I think curving behavior is going to be something that we're going to need in some society. Um, I think it's a pick and choose on where we need to curve behavior or not, uh, whether if it's to prevent harm or to bring forth any kind of happiness um, in general, I think. Uh, so like in the case of like the example I use, I think that's a good thing. We give medication, curve behavior, move on, because um, it prevents any child from getting hurt. It prevents um, you know, them going to prison, worse to come. Um, the other thing is, is I, I think all in all, I think we kind of like, we did cover a lot of stuff in this. Um, I still stand by, I think that we're more free and more, uh, uh, happier today than we've ever been. I didn't really broadcast many of my core points and values. I mainly, uh, tackled more of the points that you laid forth due to you had quite a bit of points. So I just didn't want to, uh, kind of just throw my points out and we never get to any ground on anything specific. Um, so it mainly was, I was just fighting on your ground, um, which I think was okay. I think if ever I ever wanted to have another discussion, I can give some actual points, take some time and do as you did. Um, but I think, uh, like you said, with the rainbow, I mean, yeah, um, we can look at it as natural. Um, I, whether it's God or not, I think that people should just be able to live happily and to abide by the city's laws that we have deciphered and have brought forth um, via the Constitution, and which was to uphold that we as men are all equal, and that uh, we are here in this land of free, and we have the freedom of, we have a wide variety, sorry, I'm being called, we have a wide variety of freedoms that we have access to basically in America compared to other countries. Um, I think the lifestyles and everything that we've discussed has been better. Um, granted, I do have to agree with you with the money and then uh, the devalue of currency and the hardships that are coming with jobs and everything. That's going to be a given. There's going to be ups and downs in society. We have inflations and deflations all throughout, even back in World War II times. There was bad eras of like the Depression and all that. It's just going to be happening. Um, overall, I, I really enjoyed the discussion. Um, I don't think I really want to tackle any more points. I just want to shake your hand and I was glad and it was very fun to do this and everything. Now, that was moving. You gentlemen carried yourselves professionally with decorum. I am happy this took place. Thank you for coming. Now, with a world this is a general question for the both of you. With a world populated with bad decisions, and we come into a place where it's okay 
to touch on one of your points, to have a cocktail made up to annihilate entire generations. There's a cocktail for that. Were you aware of that? What is that? Yes. A drug. You spoke of being able to give those touchers a medication to kill their libido. Right. That medication goes deeper than what you touched on. Okay. There is a thing where in certain places, I won't mention too much, but where instead of murder, they choose to extinct the entire generation by giving them food, medicine, drinks, so forth and so on that stops them from reproducing. So in that way, instead of having to say, okay, we murdered hundreds of thousands of people, they just wiped their generation off the map. So we live in a world where that's okay. Um, we also live in a world where it's okay to take people and put them in cages and leave them there. Forget where they are, who they are, and erase their social security or any parts of them believing or existing at all. This is the, the land of the free that we live in. Where we are now. So my question to you guys, from your perspective, do you feel that that's freedom or a different level of control? Do you want to skip a piece? Yeah, each. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I think I think compared to all the other countries in the world, I think that we. It is still freedom. Um, I think they're still going to be bad. Uh, like in the instance about the uh, cage and everything. Um, that we even have sex trafficking still happening here. Um, these are just crimes that are happening. Um, we try to prevent, and that's the best we can do, and try to find out better ways of how to prevent it to move forward, and that's usually how our society is done. Um, we've changed laws. Um, like how we would jail people based on sexuality and stuff like that. It's been a lot of progression, and it's going to be progression. Um, we just have to work on finding what's the best outcomes to move forward and to tackling these certain issues that have happened. Uh, about the cocktail thing, I would like to know more of like the actual subject matter where it happened and when it happened and everything, because that actually interests me a little bit, because I feel like I've heard this before, but not here in America, but in other countries, right. using this kind of thing to take out uh, generations of people. But um, I don't know any specific examples. Well, when I bring that situation up, just to respond to you, is because it's not just the cocktail. When you get issues such as West Nile, SARS, COVID, these things aren't accidental. They're not. Like, you know, some random situation that just took place. This is population control at its finest. And when we're trying to say, we're looking at places like China that is overpopulating, how do they deal with it? They deal with it by not allowing you to have so many children. How do we deal with it? We deal with it by putting the poison in a mosquito and sending it out there to play Russian roulette with the entire world. 
and that's why I got I touched on that subject because well you tickled it you, you, you tickled it a little bit so I just kind of want to see where that went thank you for your answer and your participation in that Tom. as far as pharmaceuticals I I think I spoke to a pharmacist the other day a couple months ago he says all medicines are potentially very dangerous yeah because it's a medicine it's not food it, it's it's a chemical yeah and so there's always side he says I think he said there's side effects to every medicine that's what he said and I, I think that's true so there's a better way for these people who are caught um, mistreating children as you mentioned uh, pedophilia uh, one of them is a, a severe punishment if it's not a very severe punishment and that's where I would believe in corporal punishment bodily punishment you don't put him in jail for a year or so just put him in jail maybe for a week and give him a good flogging every day that week and this is if it's not too serious but in cases of rape I really believe what would solve it is the death penalty and they will never do rape again and that will be a deterrent that will send a strong message to everybody else you want to go down that road that's 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 a con and and that's helping society I, I just wanted yeah. to add that sure. I, I didn't talk about uh, a pedophile who's already committed a crime. I, I was referring to yeah, someone right. who has never committed yeah. a crime, just to prevent them from ever committing right. a crime. Mm. Right. So. Yeah, that, that that's good. But the, um, Buddhism kind of teaches the whole problem in the world is desire, human desire. And that's not true. God gave us human desire, and human desire is fine, and it's perfect, it's healthy. In fact, that's why, he, and then he says right after he created us, guess what he says? He says that you can eat of all the trees in the garden except for one of them. So God is saying, you know, we all like to eat. You know, food is very um, desirable. And then right after that, he says, be fruitful and multiply. There's another good desire. It's very healthy. and But it's got to be all done within the parameters of God's law. And when we do that, life goes on. Because God did say, be fruitful and multiply. God is not anti-life. God is pro-life all the way. And anybody that says there's a problem with overpopulation, it's pure bunk. It's not true. It's coming from people like the Club of Rome, which is a very powerful elitist group. And they're pushing, that's why they push um, climate change. Because they're trying to say that the, the world's going to end because of climate. And all, all that is, is it's a ploy to control... Um, carbon emissions or your car, your, you know, air, anything that puts off carbon dioxide, a including beef, you know, because beef, you know, critters, they give off gas. Oh, and so know. they're trying to get rid of beef too. And, and beef is all health producing food. It's a health producing food. So anyway. Y'all opened up like two cans of worms that I, I won't even go into, but <laughs> I just want to let y'all know I disagree wholeheartedly. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, one thing we can do is stay strong in our faith, our beliefs, and know that there is a greater world out there amongst all of the trials and tribulations we should grow, be better than who we were today, tomorrow. So that way we grow in faith we grow in courage, and we grow in each other. Thank you for listening to Neurological Deep Dive. I appreciate everybody here for showing up and participating in this human experiment. Um, hope to see you again. Thank you very much. And we out.